You are listening to the Worship Leader Toolbox, episode 80. And today we're talking about the three big things worship leaders need to be involved in. Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, where our mission is to equip local church worship leaders and teams in practical components of local church leadership. We'd be honored to have you share, rate, or subscribe. And if you have questions, we'd love to connect at worshipleadertoolbox.com. We're thrilled to have you listening to our podcast, and our prayer is that it's helpful to you and your ministry team. Let's head now to today's episode. Welcome, worship leaders and worship teams. I'm here with Tim Price today, and we're investing some time talking about the three big things that will help shape all the rest of your ministry. Yeah, it's great to be with you, Dave, and I don't want people to be confused. Listeners here, we did post a few times back the three basics for making your team really good. And these were like more practical, like I think the three things were good charts, good scheduling, and good rehearsals. But today's three things really apply to the overall leadership of ministry. So in case you're not going to listen to this whole podcast, basically the three things are relationships, communications, and organization. And so your effective ministry is most often going to hinge on doing these three things well. And then all this other little stuff will fall into place. So that's why that's why we want to talk about this on the podcast. These three things are important to have in place so that everything else fits around it. Nice. I'm looking forward to our conversation here. But first, let's take a moment to find out what you've been reading. Yeah, I know last time we started this little idea of a couple segments, and so I don't have a ton to say about this, but um, the book I've been reading is Lead Like It Matters by Craig Grishel, and it's been good. I I may have even mentioned on the last podcast, usually I'm reading more than one book at a time, but uh this book is a redone book of something he wrote uh, 15, 20 years ago now, and and it's been really great. So just how the different things that a church needs to to get things moving and to keep things moving. So it's been really good. What about you? Have you been reading anything besides the last book you mentioned? <clears throat> well, uh, Leanne and I have been going through um, Gospel Treason by Brad Big Big Bigney. I think I pronounced huh. that. And it is a, it's a book about the hidden idols in the Christian life. You know, we think about idols of secular life that we stay away from, ooh, but we have no idea that there's these little hidden idols. Like, for example, in the first couple chapters, uh, he's a pastor, and he had to deal with the idol of wanting to feel important or wanting to feel hmm. um, well thought of or whatever. And that it was an idol because... He was putting that before his relationships with his wife and kids, with other people in the church, and um, it's 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 powerful. It's convicting. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Uh, since that was a short segment, let's also hear what songs you've been uh, leading this week. Yeah, that's good too. We we uh, one of these days we might rotate those segments, but now we're just having fun saying everything we know. But oh yeah, <laughs> if I pull up the list here of what we're singing this Sunday, it is "Unstoppable God." New Doxology, uh, Promises, and Christ Be Magnified. Have oh, you done any new, of those before? Um, I'm not familiar with New Doxology. Who who does that? It's kind of an older song, but it basically starts off with the doxology, and then, okay. the, then they add a chorus, and they add a couple verses. So it's oh, pretty neat. Look that we've up. Done it a few, we've done it a few times around Thanksgiving and stuff, but this Sunday we're just kind of doing it as a celebration. Nice. So, yeah. Well, we're starting off with uh, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, and we've got a version of it that's kind of a country shovel, uh, shovel, <laughs> shuffle. <laughs> a country shuffle. Uh, country shuffle. You know, like a shuffle, like when the train is going on the tracks. Yeah. 
So it's kind of mm-hmm. upbeat. Um, a one I've never heard before this week called Alabaster Heart. Oh, yeah. um, and then uh, the Gettys in Christ Alone. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever have problems with the timing, getting everybody on the timing for that in Christ Alone because of kind of uh, the irregular? Uh, I have trouble getting people on the timing of every Getty song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And then, but, uh, great. but that's a good one. Once it gets in your head, you can't get it out. Yeah, yeah. That, that in Christ alone. Um, I was but, teaching that to a student one time, and I literally had to write. Um, uh, uh, I represented dots for the measures, so you had like a measure three four and a measure three three. I mean a three four and four four, and uh-huh. and all these different things. And so that's the only way that that this one student could get it, and it really helped me. Huh. Um, but uh, and then uh, great are your Lord is our is our last one. Oh, that's cool. That's a good list. Yeah. Now let's jump into these three bedrocks. Number one, relationships. Yep. And I, I think, as always, some of these are like pretty cut and dried, but uh, and maybe even like kind of elementary because most people realize this. But building relationships is really a key to any ministry. And um, I heard a phrase one time that people don't volunteer for institutions. They volunteer for people. Ooh. And the same is reverse. People don't quit the church, they quit people. And um, it's just kind of a weird thing to think about. So that's why relationships are so important with not just your worship team, but your coworkers and your church staff and pastor, your church folks and and your home. I mean, like it's, it's a, it's a kind of a flow in life to have relationships in ministry, but it also requires some work and some intentional calendaring and all those things. So it is um, important, but it also makes your ministry more rewarding and fun. So uh, it's not a science, it's more of an art, and relationships flow with ebb and seasons. There's just so many things I could talk about that um, might be encouraging to people, but the one overarching principle that I know of is that you love your people, and you're 100% present in their lives for your current ministry as long as you're there. Don't start pulling away or you know thinking that, well, I'm not going to be here forever type mindset. As long as you're there, love those people be in, in relationship with them. And, um, and that's going to make a, a big difference. And we could talk about, um, you know, so, I mean, I guess if I was going to throw out a couple of these aspects and you're welcome to throw out a thought here, Dave, but like being connected, being present, listening, thinking of others, remembering details, being available. Um, it's just like discipleship happens in relationships and a whole bunch of stuff like that. So I just think, um, if you're if you're not building those relationships, then you're going to have a trouble succeeding. What percentage of your total time spent in uh, practice and rehearsal and things do you think should be spent on um, relationship building, such as having a Christmas party, um, maybe even taking a, a class on group dynamics, that kind of thing? How much percentage of time do you think that's important to do? We probably don't do that enough. Um, we do have a Christmas party coming up later this year, <laughs> but we... Uh, and we've had potlucks and this and that. During our rehearsal time, we kind of pride ourselves, I guess, in a way on being flexible so that student ministry can use the space as well. And so our rehearsal time is pretty late for, for worship teams on Wednesday evening. We don't usually get started till 8 p.m. And oh as a result, we are um, kind of crunching to get everybody out. And, and most people stick around till 10 anyway. So I don't really know a percentage. I do know that as much as you cannot be dealing with details when you're around people, the better. So if if you're you know seven eight people show up for worship band rehearsal and and you're still trying to learn a song or set up a mic, 
you don't have time to look people in the eyes and say, how's it going? How's your wife doing? How's this? How'd your trip go? You have to have those few moments just to connect with people informally. And then, yeah, the, the other thing is, and I guess over the years I've done this more than I'm letting on, but, um, those opportunities to be together when you don't have an agenda is so important because most often a ministry team is always getting together, preparing for the go time, which is coming up either in a couple days or a couple hours. And so there's just not enough time to just have unobstructed kind of no agenda driven time. So over the years, we have done quite a bit of that. Like we've had bonfires and we've had parties and we've had going away parties and breakfast potlucks and Friday night events. Just We've just done that about once a quarter probably for all these years. And that really helps like engage with relationships. Nice. Yeah. Uh, there's a certain aspect to gelling as a band, as musicians and things. Uh, and you need to have that time together to kind of like jam on, not on songs that you're working on or whatever, just so you can flow better as musicians. But man, mm-hmm. uh, I would almost say that the relationship is even more important than that um, actual instrument playing. I think that would make that even flow more. Oh yeah. I mean, there, it all works together. That's for sure. But, but chemistry is like way more of a deal in musician circles than talent. <laughs> like yeah. you can have, you know, I, I've played with, you know, junior high kids that, that are just barely starting in their growth of talent, but the chemistry is there and all of a sudden everybody's locked in and talk about it for months. Yeah. And, um, so that chemistry comes from what you're saying. Like, so there's probably levels of that. There's the jamming level and then there's the level of just knowing people being known. So, yeah, good stuff. Well, the next one is uh, communication. Yeah, and I'm learning that a lot of people kind of sort of under their breath complain that the church doesn't communicate well a lot of times. There's always seems like communication errors. And and it, it's at the first, when I first started working in the church, I kind of thought, oh, that's kind of sad. I mean, why is the church so, why is it such a weak link in the church? And then later on, I realized the there's it's a weak link everywhere. I mean, we got people that work at Boeing, which is an international company. We got people that do IT for all kinds of places and people that work at Scott Air Force Base. Everybody I know complains about the organization and lack of communication. <laughs> so that's like a, a common theme. And on top of that, we should pride ourselves for the fact that most of the church is volunteers. So, you know, if there's like a, a lack of communication going on, it, the fact that we get any communication at all is amazing because this is like, a, you know, a bunch of people just, you know, putting their gifts in the pot. So basically, as far as leadership person, somebody in charge of ministry, of worship, um, if you're not letting your people in on what's going on, then you're missing an opportunity for them to grow and use their gifts and for their connection and their belonging. And really, it's going to keep details from falling into place. So communication is one of the bedrocks for sure. And that plays out in a number of ways. One example might be if you are wanting your electric guitar player to know a certain song or a certain solo or whatever, but you don't tell them until the day before, then it's not going to happen. So there's got to be this kind of um, practice of good communication, timely and succinct and available and all those things. And um, that's just important. So some of the things a worship leader needs to communicate. One is the ongoing vision, the why behind all the hard work. Um, I think team members love it when a worship leader kind of communicates the major things coming down the pike in the overall church. And worship team members, you know, committed ones that are there a lot of Sundays really feel like leaders in the church. And and so it's kind of a shocker to them if there's an announcement from the pulpit that they aren't kind of aware of, if it's a total, you know, 
new thing. So it's good to allude to that to some degree if you can. Other things to communicate is your appreciation. And, um, and then, of course, event dates, songs, parties, all the things we've been talking about. And, um, you know, it's just important. So great communication is kind of a result of having your act together on things and, yeah. and, and keeping it going. Otherwise, you're... I, yeah. I really wish there was a way that uh, audience members listening to this could see my head nodding so much because I don't want to keep saying... <laughs> I don't want to keep saying, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. I, I don't I don't really like doing that. But uh, I'm like, yes, 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 yeah. on all these points. Uh, there is one point here that um, uh, on the flip side of this lack of communication, one of the main things I think is a lack of communication is when you have to have the difficult conversations. Like uh, if the team member is um, – you know, not not meeting some certain standards or, or whatever the difficult conversations may be, and we we tend to avoid those. And so, what would you say to some of those difficult conversations that you have to have? Well, it's definitely true that um, you are on behalf of the church leading this group, and they are leading people. And if somebody has a microphone, you got to make sure that you've um, you got to make sure you know them and have vetted them, whether it's formal or informal. You have to know what people are going to say and how they're leading, and that they got a heart for the church and they're committed. All those things, and Basically, what it comes down to is I'm terrible at those those conversations as well. Like, I do not like to sit around and communicate the expectations. And I kick myself sometimes because I didn't communicate it early enough. So one of the best things I've learned over the years is to set it out on paper in advance. Like, if we don't want holes in people's jeans on Sunday morning, you don't want to have to just tell somebody that outright. Say, hey, next week, don't have holes in your jeans. It's much better to just put that in writing way before it ever comes up to start with. So for the most part, I've kind of put myself in a position where I don't really have a lot of hard conversations with people because we've kind of set the standard in advance. But um, maybe you have advice. I really don't have any good advice except just, you know, bite the bullet and, and say it for the sake of their own life as opposed to for the sake of your success. Like it's going to be better for somebody to speak into their life now. And they might be mad, they might get upset, they might quit. But in 20 years, you might be part of their success story. Yeah, and then Tim told me I wasn't doing this right and my whole life changed. I mean, it's like you do it on their behalf and their benefit more than your benefit. And so there's a lot that probably could be said about that. I'll, I like that. I like that. So you're, you're communicating these difficult conversations because of their well-being, because of, of um, it's going to make them a better person and, and help their life along. That's good. That's the perspective. Well, by the way, thanks to our sponsor for this episode, Pro Alarm, serving Illinois and Missouri with security and surveillance systems. Reach out at ProAlarm.net or call 1-800-546-1300. 1-800-546-1300. We know not everyone in our listening audience is from our local bi-state region, but for those of us who are, your church could benefit from a talk with Don from Pro Alarm. Yeah, and, and this is the first time we've had like an official sponsor, so shout out to Don. But, you know, in our church, one of the things I know is that we love the entry keypad that allows our worship team members to have a code to access the backstage door at the church. They can go in and out when they need to, get there as early as they want. And that's just one example of how like security systems can really benefit a, a church building. So um, I want to thank ProAlarm for sponsoring this episode, and you can find out more at ProAlarm.net. Well, we've talked about relationships and communication now for the last foundational piece, organization. Yeah, we mentioned this a little bit earlier that great communication really stems from organization. 
And really, relationships do too. Like if you can organize your calendar and your life in such a way that you have space. And that's really what organization does is it opens up space for you and your team to do their best work. It'll help prepare and give time to plan. It, it you know, adds ideas so that people can have plenty of time to think about those ideas and accomplish them and, um, and let people really use their gifts even though they have a huge and full plate of calendar stuff in their life. Just everybody's busy. And organization is like about the only tool there is to combat that. And um, I've known over the years that uh, I've, I've mentioned this somewhere just recently, and I keep having the same conversation. So it might have been on the podcast, but have you ever heard the you got to pick three things: good, fast, and cheap? Did we say that a couple weeks ago? So you good, fast, and cheap. Yeah. So you pick three. <laughs> so if you have it good and fast, it's not going to be cheap. But if you have it fast and cheap, it's not going to be good. And if you have it good and cheap, it's not going to be fast. Wow. And so organization like organization allows you to uh, do good things as long as you are ahead of the game. We're not spending much money. And and uh, this, will, this will date the podcast a bit, but we're prepping for the Christmas season. And one of the things that has happened is we've got this idea from a video to do some Christmas trees and, you know, kind of modern two-by-four, 12-foot Christmas trees are monstrosities. But um, – the, the slowly but surely a team has got the idea and then talked about the idea and then got this wood and built it. And another team came in and painted it. And now we got another guy helping with the final piece and then it should be ready by Christmas, hopefully. But all that requires organization. And, um, and you know, I, I think one of the big things that happens to me and maybe you too, as a listener here today is that we kind of go around just saying things like, I'm just not organized. Like we just say that to ourselves all the time when things go wrong. And the truth is, is that many artists aren't that organized. <laughs> I mean, like, you yeah, to kind of pick which one you're going to be. And if that's you kind are, of a trait, yeah. Yeah. Like if you are musical and you love all that stuff, then you might wind up not feeling like you're good at, you know, sitting down at the calendar. But you are given charge over this team and this church right now. And so you have to figure out a way uh, to be as organized as possible. And that's pretty much what it comes down to. Well, as a man thinketh in think, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> as a man thinketh in his heart, so be. He, oh my goodness! It's hard to talk in King Jimmy. <laughs> it, King Jimmy, yeah. Tell me what that verse is right there. Well, so man thinketh in his heart, so he is, or so he becomes, or I'm not sure exactly how it ends, but something along. Those yeah. Lines. So that negative <laughs> self talk of I'm not this, I'm not that. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, uh, that's that's a defeater right there. I, you can just stop. I heard somebody say once, uh, if you think you're, uh, say, bad at whatever, mm-hmm. you are. If yep. you think you're good at whatever, you are. You're correct both 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 ways. It's whatever you're thinking. So yeah, yeah. don't don't call yourself a bad organizer. You might have to find a different way of organizing than what you've been given as an example because your brain is wired just a little differently than those people around you. But yep. you can do it. That's true. Um, and, and, you know, there's a, there's a chance that most people listening to this are going to be either good at two out of three of these things. And, you know, they're going to be good at communication organization, but not relationships or, you know, relationships and communication, but not organization. And so, um, that's totally fine. You just got to find what you just said. You got to find some people or some tricks so that you can, you know, have that third week link of your abilities kind of be buffed up a little bit. And nice. that just, that makes it a lot better. And I've done that with organization for sure. Like I have people that help me, uh, by the grace of God, have people on our team that help write thank you notes and help schedule all the people and just a whole bunch of stuff in that regard. So it's just 
makes it easier. And, and speaking of delegation, I'm sure that um, you don't want to rely on somebody from one of these uh, three aspects heavily. But if one of these is your one of your weaknesses, delegation is a really good, powerful tool. To oh, yeah. uh, you know, if, some, if somebody's really organized and and they keep track of all the dates and the songs and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff really well, um, you can you can kind of rely on them a little bit to uh, to help do that. Yep, that is really true. So we need to build relationships, we need to communicate, and we need to get things organized. And we'll be amazed by what begins to fall into place in our ministries. And uh, final thoughts? Yeah, I think um, maybe a final thought here is that we breeze past this relationship idea on um, most all that we talk about on Worship Leader Toolbox is more on a practical level. And I don't want us to, you know, I want it to be understood that we kind of are including in that relationship piece that we're connected to the Lord, like we're spending time in devotion and prayer and we're building a relationship with God so that our lives are you know, filled up by his grace, his presence, his joy. And, and that is really that, I mean, as far as relationships go, that's going to be an anchor that really supersedes all these anchors. <laughs> so I mean, that's like a, a major part that we don't say every single week and we probably wouldn't, but I just thought I'd throw that in. So it's a big part of it. It's good. Thank you for joining us on the Worship Leaders Toolbox. My name is Dave. This is Tim. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. This podcast is brought to you by Harvest Ministry, and we are seeking team members. Since 1996, Harvest has had a mission to serve as a worship team for children in youth camps, conferences, retreats, and worship services around the Midwest. Over 300 young adults have served through Harvest Ministry, and we currently have openings for our summer team. If you are a guitar player, drummer, keyboardist, bassist, vocalist, worship leader, or tech person, we would love to talk with you. Ministry-minded young adult musicians can visit harvestministryteams.com and hit the Teams tab to learn more.